Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Today we are reading from the doctor's opinion in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page XXVII, the fifth paragraph starting with many years ago, going through two paragraphs, ending in alcoholics back from the gates of death, commenting and unpacking those two paragraphs. Today's readers are, and thank you all of Team Tuesday, Larry K, Nancy T, Devorah S, Naomi GB, Davelin E, and our announcements, Janice PM, newcomer reader Katie G, and our host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Matt F. The yesterday's um, IDs for yesterday, 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Vision for You meeting for April 4th, Monday, April 4th, are 18,776. That's 18776. And for 10 a.m. is 18,777. 18777. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Always this tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Naomi GB to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Naomi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, This is Naomi GB from Ontario, Canada. 12 steps. One, we we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thanks so much, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask for Davlin E. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Davlin. Good morning. My name is Davlin E., and I am a compulsive overeater living joyfully and gratefully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Gavin. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. 
we are in the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXVII, starting on the fifth paragraph many years ago, going through two paragraphs, commenting on both. And I'm going to ask Larry Kay to get us started. Go ahead, Larry. Step up to the mic. Here I am, Amy. <laughs> Thanks for your service. Uh, Larry Kay, uh, compul Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. All right. Many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital. And while here, he acquired some ideas, which he put into practical application at once. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here. And with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting. In fact, many of them are amazing. The unselfishness of these men as we've come to know them. The entire absence of profit motive in their community spirit is indeed inspiring to one who has labored long and warily in this alcoholic field. They believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics from the gates of death. Okay, so, you know, between 1933 and 34, I believe um, Bill was, he was admitted to Towns Hospital several times. In fact, typically for a four to five day stay. And, and he was, each time he was able to tempo, temporarily abstain, you know, from drinking. And then, and then of course he would, he would go, you know, back into relapse. And so what we what we know is, is that in November of 1934, Ebby Thatcher reaches out to Bill. He's sober and he's there to, to carry the, uh, to bring the Oxford group message to Bill, which was kind of the precursor to what, later became our 12, those six steps became our 12 steps. And it was, what he was sharing was ways in which to form a relationship with the higher power and to access that power in, in, a, in a sustainable way. So, so Bill is acquiring some ideas from Ebby and he's putting these ideas into practical application. And when is he doing it? Well, it says at once, you know, that's, that's the critical thing. He's doing it at once. And in the midst of what was his uh, last detoxification in Towns Hospital, uh, December of 1934, Bill has this white light experience, right? And, and, you know, he speaks with Dr. Silkworth about it. And we learn in Bill's story that Dr. Silkworth, you know, Silkworth tells him, you know, you, you better hang on to this thing. Whatever you're, you're getting here, you better hang on to it. And on the morning of December 14th, uh, of 1934, Bill works the steps. He, he works what, you know, was the six steps at the time, but later became our 12 steps. And then you can read about it on page 13 in Bill's story. And the important thing is, is that um, he has this transformation. He's in conscious contact with this higher power. And, and what we know now is he never drank again. So he's requesting the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients. And, and this is at a time when Dr. Silkwood was very hesitant about doing this. He had mis misgivings about it, but he did consent and he watched other people get well. Dr. Silkwood did. And, and the unselfishness of, of carrying the message, just like we do today, the unselfishness of carrying the message, the entire absence of profit motive and, you know, the community spirit, that was inspiring to Dr. Silkworth. It's inspiring to me today to see how, how people are doing this. And finally, they believe in themselves. 
and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. So it's access to power. Alcohol was never his problem. It was the solution to his problem. Now he's got to access power, and he's going to pass that along in an altruistic way. And so with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry. Great way to get us started. Okay, we're going to keep going here. So if you would like to share on what was read, um, and you have not shared, although we value your experience, strength, and, strength and hope, but if you've shared on either Monday or on Friday, we ask that you please step back kindly and let others share their experience, strength, and hope so everyone can have a chance to share. Uh, we'll take your name, uh, first name, and first initial of your last name. So who would like to share on what was read? Abby S. Jackie B. Liz D. Jackie I have Abby S, Jackie, Anna M, Margaret Anna, B, Anna M, Margaret B, Margaret B, Vasa O, Vasa O, Adrian N, Adrian N. Okay, I have Nancy Abby. Oh, Nancy. Nancy P. Okay. All right, so this is what I got here. I've got Abby F., Jackie F., Linda D., Anna M., Margaret B., Vasa O., Adrian N., Nancy P. All right, let's roll. Abby S., you're up, followed by Jackie. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Abby S. I'm recovered in Michigan. Thank you so much for your service and for those on the line today. Um, what stood out for me is the unselfishness of these men. And so I know that the root of my troubles is selfishness. It is amazing to me how every morning I wake up with an untreated disease of selfishness, that I need everything to go my way. And when it doesn't, then I get all out of sorts and even being out of the food, um, you know, that still plagues me every single morning. I have an untreated disease of selfishness. And, um, and, it's, and then the last sentence, they believe in them and still more in the power, which holds chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. And I'm amazed at how the 10 steps work. Um, I, I feel like the 10 steps are just like my favorite thing ever. Um, I'm so grateful because I've been out of the food and it's not that I'm trying to get out of the food that I'm being pulled back from the gates of death in that retrospect. Like at first, that was it. That was for sure it. But every morning I wake up with like resentment that I need to take care of like first thing in the morning through a 10 step. And then I'm amazed at how God can like rearrange my selfishness and like, and I just think it's important that, you know, I have to remember that that is the root of my troubles and that I can be well without the food, but still, but still, you know, I need to be on guard always against that selfishness and what, you know, me trying to run the show. So I'm, every time I do a 10 step, like it, it relieves me from the bondage of myself and gives me a new perspective on life. And I'm just so grateful that God has entered my life and my heart through these 12 steps 
um, most specifically this morning for me, the 10th step. And I'm grateful to be here walking amongst people who are showing me the way of life. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Abby. All right, Jackie, you're up, followed by Linda Z. Please go ahead, Jackie. Th- uh, thank you, everyone. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Um, you know, go show you how selfish I was because Abby said everything I wanted to say, and <laughs> and I'm and I'm grateful because that she's at, you know she's absolutely right because you know like yesterday I woke up with self-centered fear and all this mishigas uh, in my head. And if it wasn't for this program, I don't think I would have gotten right-sized up. And that's the difference. The difference is, is that the awareness, the awareness when you work the steps in this program that you see how your part is always up there in your face. And the only way to get rid of it for me is to share it with others, to tell others that don't worry. What you're going through, Others and thousands of others have gone through the same thing and still stayed abstinent, still was a service to others because yesterday I sent out a text that someone said to me that, that really moved me, and I got so many calls. God kept me busy sharing my experience, strength, and hope and my fears, and that can't happen if I just keep it all to Jackie. If I keep everything into Jackie, Jackie's solution is a bag or a box or spending. Today it's not. Today it's saying, hey, wherever you're at, you've got to work the steps. You've got to go through it. You've got to go through the pain, the fears, the anxieties, whatever, the excitement, and get through it and keep going and then share with somebody else because what you don't know what you're feeling could help somebody else. You could help that person right off the ledge with your experience, strength, and hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie. All right, Linda D., you're up, followed by Anna M. Go ahead, Linda. Morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. Hi, Aim. Wow. Um, it's hard acts to follow. Okay. Um, and this is no act. Uh, I lead today. I lead an amazing life. And it is completely grounded in all the truth of this program. And what jumps out at me is the power that pulled me back from the gates of death. And if the gates of death could be a little... um emoji tapping its feet waiting it's still tapping its feet and waiting many many years later but i don't have to plug into that because of this power because of this book because this is the truth and when i came i didn't see any of it and i was sure you were wrong And I was totally, totally ignorant that I had a killing disease, not a country club addiction, not a secondhand sister, second-rate sister to the other addictions, that food, food itself, of course the ingredients, but food itself 
was killing me, and that was okay with me. Can you imagine? I don't have to imagine. I've lived it. And today, I'm free. As long as I pay attention to that power and let that power that I now call God, because that's the common name and that's what's happening, guide my life inch by inch. This is tough. This is so worthwhile. I love it here. And I thank you for saving my life, helping me save my life. That's it. I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Linda. Okay, Anna M. followed by Margaret B. Okay, Anna, your turn. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Anna M. Corn from Connecticut. And this, this, these couple of paragraphs, what power pack information here. I've been a longtime member of Overeaters Anonymous for almost 30 years. And not until probably eight years ago did I really get, understand the message about my illness, about everyone else, um, you know, my life related to other people uh, and my family and who are all addicts and alcoholics and all that. But um, regarding this paragraph, the last one, and the people before me did it beautifully, summarized it. But for me, there was no diet. There was no secret out there. I, I, I chased it all, just probably like a lot of other people. But the truth is what saves my life is the format of this book and the outline. And also, the most important thing is that it's the power, which I call God, that saved my life. I remember looking out of this house, looking out the window and saying about 10 years ago, it was in the, the worst relapse, and I, was, I had put on like 70 or 80 pounds, and I asked God to save me from this because I knew that I would die. And uh, I felt that coming. And just like it says in that last sentence, I believe that, a lot of us believe they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. And, you know, I love, I love you know, doctors and lawyers and all that, all the people out there that have good jobs that help us with things. But those people couldn't help me with this food issue and this addiction. God was the only thing that could help me. And, and so... Thank you so much for being on the meeting, and thank you for your service. With that, I pass. Anna M. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay, Margaret B. Vasa O. Next. Go ahead, Margaret. (laughs) Grab the mic. Uh, Sometimes I need to be hit in the head with the mic. Um, My name (laughs) is everybody. My name is Margaret um, D. I'm in Georgia, and I'm so grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater. And uh, just welcome such so the newcomers and also the still suffering compulsive eaters are so welcome. And the message that I'm thinking about this morning as I listen and as I'm you know reading um, in that paragraph 
uh, the first sentence where he says he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients and with some misgiving, we consented. Um, I flipped back when we were doing um, Dr. Bob's story a little bit earlier because I wanted to understand exactly what Dr. Bob, what his nightmare had been. And in flipping back, the preface to part one, the pioneers of AA, it reads Dr. Bob and the nine men and women who here tell their stories were among the early members of AA's first groups. And then the next paragraph, all 10 have now passed away of natural causes, having maintained complete sobriety. And then the next one, today hundreds of additional AA members can be found who have had no relapse for more than 50 years. And here's the most important paragraph of all. All of these then are the pioneers of AA. They bear witness that release from alcoholism or compulsive eating can really be permanent. And oh my God, when I saw that, that knocked me off my feet. Um, all I've been in program probably over 33 years and the message that I heard, I'm not saying it was the message that was given, but the message that I clued into or cued into was that um, we have recovery on a, we have a daily reprieve. And that was the first time that I'd ever put it together that their witness, however many years, 50 years later, was um, a powerful witness that release from compulsive eating, and that's not just losing weight, it's to say that losing weight, you know, and keeping it off for however many years, it's important, but release from the disease of compulsive eating, the fact that that can be permanent, it's just totally amazing. And I think recovery is, is so difficult the people run the time, um, and with that, I'm going to pass. Other than I would urge people to go back and read that page; it's stunning. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Margaret. All right, Vasa O, followed by Adrienne N. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I believe this is Amy, right? It is. Thank you. Thank you for your service this morning. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Oveda, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I could relate with Bill's uh, light, white, um, white light experience. Um, after struggling with the food addiction for years, which I did not know, they called it food addiction, eating disorder, um, or disease, or the allergy, or the mental obsession, I had no clue but I had it all, but there was no name for it. So when I here I come to Ovaes Anonymous and reading reading the doctor's opinion, you know, finding all about these things and how these hundred men and women recovered from their alcoholism or addic- any kind of addictions, whatever we call it, it was a miracle. It gave me hope. I said, Oh my God, I've been struggling for so long, so many years. Now there's hope if I do this what other people have done it, then maybe there's a chance there too for myself. So 
So, uh, yes, uh, when I came to my first meeting, and I went home, and my sponsor, God bless her for, you know, for about a week, she she um, um, twelve stepped me a little bit here and there what the program was about and stuff. And she's the only way we're gonna save from save from this. We're gonna get saved from this from this de- um, debilitating disease, killing disease. If we turn to a, if we find a higher power greater than my than ourselves. And at that time, I was just so willing and I was just so ready. I said, I don't care who I surrender, whether it's this higher power, the program, the steps. I'm just ready. I don't want to die. And that's what I did. You know, she just just find a place, quiet place, uh, and surrender. So I ran in the bathroom, locked the door, and that's where I surrendered. I said, higher power, God, whoever you are out there, please forgive me for all the sins I committed in my lifetime. Help me with the food addiction. I turn my life and my will to the care of God. With my life and will, I was hesitant, but with the food addiction, I was 150% ready and willing. And I did have that spiritual experience. It was a miracle. It was like felt like the the iron was plugged into the socket, and you know, I felt that power go through me. And it, I, it was just I didn't expect it. I didn't know what it was. You know, I told my sponsor next morning, she said, that's the higher power, that's the connection. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, keep on holding on it. It's better than what you had before. And I've held on it for my dear life all these years. And that's, if I didn't have that spiritual experience, the light, uh, the white light experience, I don't think I would have come back to the program. So that's what kept me coming. It is by the grace of God. I did become abstinent from that night, and uh, and I started cleaning up with my abstinent, looking at um, calories and whatever of things. But it is by the it's because I've hang up, have been here for all these years, one day at a time. We know we get the food, with everything in my life. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rasa. All right, Adrian N. Followed by Nancy C. Go ahead, Adrian. Hi, this is Adrian in, in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And, um, you know, I, I gave my name not knowing what I was going to say. And listening to everybody and and reading this over and over, there, it is just so amazing it, what went on here is um, asking... A, doctor to address other patients and then the doctor and and I guess he said we you know we consented so I guess it was like a committee of doctors giving so that was like God interceding because how does a doctor allow you to approach this you know and then it was like um the unselfishness of of these men, uh, their absence of profit motive, belief in themselves. I never believed in myself enough to say, "Let me tell you my story to a complete stranger, or you know, or um, a doctor, or maybe a doctor, but not." not necessarily 
just anybody, somebody that walked in or asked to hear. But, you know, it's just like so amazing. There was so many God moments in this one paragraph. And our program is just a miracle. It's a miracle from God, you know, because this would have never happened. The miracle. And each so special. Adrian, we're starting to lose you. You're kind of cutting in and out. Oh, up. Yeah, sorry. Looks like we officially lost you. Adrian, are you there? Oh, bummer. Okay, well, we're going to need to move on. Thank you, Adrian. Okay, Nancy P., you're up. Hi, good morning. Go ahead. Good. I can be heard, right? I wouldn't ask if that's Adrian. Okay, thanks. Nancy P., um, Mm -hmm. gracefully recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, So grateful. So being pulled back from the gates of death is kind of like a vast understatement about what happened to me, what I think. Because if that's all I ever got, it would have been way more than enough. You know, we're, we're in the, getting into the spring season, Passover's coming up, and there's this song at the table that's sung about it would have been enough. And, you know, everybody sings, and it's got a catchy tune, and everybody's happy. And, but instead, there are miracles upon miracles. That's what this reminds me of. Back from the gates of death was only the first step of this journey that I'm on. You know, I began there. And it used to be that the very thought, just the thought of maybe I could stop one day or, you know, at some point was so horrifying, it sent me right back to the couch with, you know, preferably having rushed out to buy more food to protect me from that thought of stopping. And that horrible day, you know, when I had just finished my afternoon dozen donuts and I was sobbing in my car, I picked up my phone and called my dear, dear friend and she told me about a vision for you and I dialed in for the first time on December 1st of 2017, and I have not had to hurt myself with food since that day. And not to say that every obsession was lifted and, you know, I just came and was fresh and clean and new and every all that, not at all. But um, I could take another step and then another step, and then I started to walk briskly and then jog, and now I'm in a steady jog. I'm never out of breath. I'm never tired. I'm truly reborn. And, you know, when my buddy was having coffee with the other ones on that day, it looked down on me and said, you know, I think this one's had enough. I think I'm going to pluck her back from the gates of death and put her on the right path. And that would have been way more than enough. But instead, I get so much more. I'm so safe and so protected and so loved that the power said, yeah, the right path. And then I think, just to make sure, I'm going to settle into the front of her brain so that she's never alone, never has a doubt, and never falls off. And that would have been enough. But today, like way more than enough, like so much more than enough. Um, but I get so much more than that. And today, you know, I didn't have a white light experience. I say this all the time, but it's so true. And I want people to know that, you know, I don't worry about a white light experience because today I live in white light. I live in light. And every breath I take is one of joy and light, especially, especially when the going gets rough. You know, at my moments of, excuse me, greatest pain, are also my moments of greatest joy because I'm not eating compulsively. I'm not hurting myself with food. So for me, 
you know, I'm data-driven. You know, I'm a data-driven chick, and I'm certain, certain, certain that the best is even yet to come. And so far, that's been my experience, and with that, I'll pass. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy P. Okay, we're going to take some more names. Again, we are on page XXVII, fifth paragraph, starting with many years ago, going through two paragraphs, commenting on the two of them. Who would like to share? I got Ross. Judith SP. Sarah. Donna M. Donna M. Sarah. Russ. Okay. Russ M. Yeah, Russ got you. All right, so here's who I have. Oh. I have Russ M. Judith. Uh, Donna. I'm not getting your last initials. You have to give them to me. Sarah. Who did I miss? I think I missed someone when Russ came in too. Came in at the same time. Who was that? Donna. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Bonnie. Bonnie B. Okay. Was there still a Donna? Or did I get that mixed up? Okay. One, two, three, four. Okay, let's, let's stick with those Donna. five. Okay, great, Donna. Thank you. All right, so here I have Russ M., Judith, Donna, Sarah, and Bonnie B. Okay, we'll see how we go from there. Russ, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, uh, Pam. Russ M. Recover compulsive reader. I'm sorry I stepped on people trying to get in there. I apologize. Um, so, in this this part of the book, that uh, absence of prof, profit mode sticks out for me because uh, um, I I build I build a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy on trying to. Uh, quell this thing over the years and when I came to to program people just gave it to me you know there's no ulterior motive yet just to share the message and through sharing a message you know they 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 walk me to God so this always sticks out in the doctor's opinion to me why I don't know maybe it's just the words I don't know but uh you know, it just it it it, it kind of uh, gives me my marching orders that once I I start owning and living this way of life, I I owe to give it away with that with no strings, with love and tolerance, with no discrimination, with you know as many times as the person fails is to be there. As many times as I failed, people were there for me. So that it just sticks out to me that absence of profit motive. That you know, not just for the for the for the clans, for the money, right? Absence of your ego, absence of of trying to get over on somebody or manipulating somebody. You know, this this is like one of the first places. You know, first, honest to goodness, first uh, type of things in my life where I haven't been open to manipulation. You know, I know it might sound weird, but you know, I just found a lot of acceptance, tolerance of my craziness. And someone just to love me who didn't even know me to get me to to, to God and get me to health. You know, it, it, just, it was a building block, you know, something to get me back onto my life. So that's all I got to share. Thank you again for letting me be a part of the meeting. H- have a great day. Love you. Thank you, Russ. Okay, Judith, you're up, please. 
And can I get the initial, first initial of your last name, please? Thank you, Amy, for your service and all those on the line and those on the team. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. More than grateful to be here today as a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, in reading these pages before, I found them interesting, but today they came out at me with sparkles. And a couple of uh, strong points is um, I've had a lot of labels put on me, and I've ran to get labels so that once I was labeled something, you know, I could have someone put a stamp on me, and then we would find a way to fix it. And someone mentioned earlier that they were grateful that um, in this book we have a name for our disease. We don't have a label. We have a name. And once there's a name, there can be identified descriptions and solutions. And there's a major difference in my heart and soul between label and name. And I wanted to point that out. Also, when I was in my late 20s, I was hospitalized in a psychiatric facility because I was labeled severely depressed. And I never knew at the time, nobody asked me, you know, what's your relationship with food? Do you have any um, underlying issues that we should know about? And uh, thank God I, I was released, and uh, it was a good experience. And I had the great fortune to turn that experience into becoming a therapist. And I could walk the walk that many other people were going through and partner with them. But now the whole experience of um, a patient, as someone mentioned, being able to offer his experience, strength, and hope through the medical profession accepting him, that that leveled the playing field. And that's what I feel in this program. We're all on the same level. We might be a little bit further along or a little back, but we're all on the same level in a loving, unconditional, non-professional environment. And that's a major key to me. I heard in this meeting and other meetings that the 180 degree from addiction is connection. And they point out that this is community spirit. It can't happen for me alone. I need and want and have to have my higher power, you all, and all my tools to be able to stay abstinent and give the gift that I was so gratefully given to others. And so with that, I'll pass, and thank you all for so much for being here. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Judith S.T. Okay, Donna, you're up, followed by Sarah. Hi, I'm Donna N. May I be heard? Yes, Donna N. Thank you. Yes, it's Donna M. as in man. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm grateful to be on the line today. Um, yesterday, I had the wonderful opportunity of um, speaking to two newcomers. Um, and in OA at this time, due to Zoom and technology, we have um, so many newcomers coming into our, our meetings. 
Um, we have the wonderful opportunity of sharing our stories. And I am so grateful um, that I get to share my experience, strength, and hope of how through the big book, following the simple instructions in the big book, I got to be recovered today after years of struggling in the program before. Um, the, the power of a spiritual experience um, to do battle with the obsession of the mind that always gives me excuses to return to the food and the importance of entire abstinence. So addressing the allergy by putting down all my alcoholic foods, but for me, it was also all my eating behaviors. So I'm just so grateful. And um, one of the meetings I go to, um, we had a business meeting and we were debating about whether we wanted to have a speaker meeting. Um, so we're doing a test period for that. And on Tuesday was the second time we had the, the speaker. And I just looked around the Zoom boxes and I could see the, um, how the sharing of a story was impacting the newcomers that were there and the other members. And um, so I am just grateful that we have this powerful medium today of sharing our experience, strength, and hope. Thank you so very much. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Donna. Donna M. Okay, Sarah, you're up. Followed by Bonnie D. Go ahead, Sarah. Hi, good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. This is Sarah R. from New York, and I'm really, really grateful to be here. You know, there were two um, lines that spoke to me specifically. I think they were talking about motivated by profit and the other one talking about gates of death. So motivated by profit. I, I have an interesting take on it. For me, you know, one of the one of the members mentioned about data-driven. So number one, I'm results data-driven. And number two, I'm super competitive. Listen, I was a middle child, the only girl at Amatoris. Like, you know, I was born into that. So, so many times I was able to kind of punish myself into quote unquote the body that I felt I needed, right? And um, so I would join um, competition. And I always won. Why? Because I happen to be anorexic too. I can easily starve myself, right? But the whole point was, which leads me into my second point, the concept of the gates of death. It was a focus on results driven, results being body size. And besides that, when I would starve myself down, I was so small that I actually looked like a flat board. And listen, you know, I, I, I don't want to all talk about body sizes because some people look like that and it's and you know everyone's size is beautiful but for me it was unrealistic and the gates of death for me you know originally when I heard when, when I heard the reading and I said eh, you know I'm still young I can't really identify as this disease will kill me and then the gates of death for me is an emotional death well I don't want to say emotional death I don't feel I was emotionally ever born because I was born into this this Oh my gosh, I have to get somewhere and I'm not and I'm not where I want to be. And that theme travels with me throughout life. 
And even when I get exactly where I want that, that, that right away, the possibility of a new, of a new goal that I can't get to. And it's usually a self-imposed prison. So gates of death, that's why I, I am so grateful to be here. I have the opportunity to get to know myself, get to be brought out of these gates of death slowly but surely and kind of into the gates of a rebirth and and more than anything I get to stop slowly focusing on my size focusing on the pounds and the numbers and start living and breathing and even more than that the concept of being of service um, what a beautiful thing I always say God talks to me from through my own words and I, I've always been able to, you know, help people and my friends. I always knew what to say, but it's really talking to myself. And I, I, I feel that kind of when I'm in the program and I'm being of service, I'm, I'm helping myself so much. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here. And with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, Bonnie D, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Bonnie B., um, back in Minnesota, um, grateful, grateful for these paragraphs. A couple of things, actually, I'm sorry, first, Bonnie B. recovered gratefully back in Minnesota. A couple of things that jumped out to me were um, the privilege. He requested the privilege of being allowed to tell a story. Um, you know, it is a gift to be able to speak with other people and to say to them, um, I'm broken. And to have people take that deep sigh, because most of us know that we're broken deep within, and yet we work so hard at pretending like we're not. And this program has allowed me to be able to acknowledge honestly, I'm broken, and it's okay to be broken, because that's just part of who I am, right? Um, and, I, and prior to this program, I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And I counted all of those things that I considered to be um, deficits as the things to hide. And this program allows me to bring them to the surface, to call them out for what they are, um, no strings attached, and to trust God to do what God wants to do. Um, it, the, one of the last sentences says, um, they believed in themselves and still more in the power which pulls them back from the gates of death. Um, yeah, I believe in myself. And the reason I believe in myself now is because I'm connected to the power. Prior, I mean, I, I looked on the outside like I had it pulled together, but in my heart, I knew I didn't, and therefore, I didn't believe in myself. So when I share with other people, I can share with them really, really believing that I've got something to give to them, and it's not me. It's not a program. It's the power that's going to deliver. It's never been me, but I worked so hard at thinking it was me. And so the gift of this program is to be able to be honest with people to share your story honestly, no strings attached, because most of us have a lot in common. Um, the guards go down, we're, we're all strengthened, and then we take the hand of that person and we put it into the hand of the only one that can deliver, which is God. Someone had reached out to me and asked me what, the, what my definition of a of reborn was, and I said total transformation. I said I wake up in the morning, I have a hula hoop. I step inside of it, it's a child-sized hula hoop. It's very small. What's inside my hula hoop? God, my program, my thinking. That's it. And God has done that transformation that I never could have done. And my life went from being a caterpillar crawling around on the ground to a butterfly that gets to soar above. 
and you can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. It's a gift. And so grateful to be here, grateful for the journey, grateful for each of you. And um, Bonnie B. from Minnesota, and um, I will pass. Thank you much. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Okay. It looks like we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Sarah M. Sarah M. Sorry, let me reset my timer here. That was not your time. <laughs> okay, Sarah M., please go ahead. Can you hear me okay? I can very well. Okay, uh, Sarah M. from Massachusetts. So I love here how it says um, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical applications, which we all know evolved into the steps. And I've just been having such an amazing time. I've been in come to vision group since January. I've been really working the steps in my life. And my life is changing so much for the better. I, yesterday, I had a really tough conversation with my husband and uh, did a lot of praying, pulling higher power in before I started. And, uh, you know, as the conversation evolved, it kind of went from one thing to another. And uh, I could see so very clearly, which I never could before, how uh, my behavior had affected my husband. And for years I had blamed him on this one topic. But as I'm sitting there in the conversation, I can see how, you know, step four were just right there in my face, how selfish I had been, fearful, self-seeking. And, uh, you know, I could really feel God in that moment because I was, you know, free of flour and sugar. And I was so calm. I was like channeling Oprah, Deepak Chopra. I mean, it was amazing. And I could just feel his calmness come over me. And we were, I was able to make an amends on something really I had thought he was at fault. And uh, we were able to come up with an action plan of how we could be more loving and connected and unified. And I just feel like God just came in and removed that stumbling block from me, something I could never do, 20 years in the making. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's all in working the steps out of this book, you know, changing my life. Today I sat down in my quiet time and I read my literature. And there the, the, the whole literature, the whole reading was about God being the great interpreter. If ever there was a moment, he was interpreting for me. So I could really hear what was being said to me and, uh, and see where my behavior had been, you know, a lot of the problem. Um, I, I'm just so grateful to, for Bill for, you know, working these steps, you know, coming up with them with, you know, the assist of God. And, it's, and, and, and as a result, helping so many people, myself included, um, and then I want to say also the part in here about the, the fellows working unselfishly. I have been the recipient of so many wonderful people on this line that have offered suggestions that I've really pulled into practice and have mm -hmm. also helped me. So I thank you again, everyone on this line. You are helping me. This book is amazing. And I'm just grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Perfect timing.
Thank you, everyone who has shared. Thank you to Team Tuesday. Greatly appreciate everyone. Um, we please join us for a second, uh, another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Vision for You meeting is 18,782. That's 18782. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy T. please read that for us? Thank you, Amy. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask me in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.